And we're going to talk about online reviews here because I saw a report, an extensive report that an Indianapolis television station did, WTHR. And then there was a recent study conducted by Trustpilot that shows that those five-star online reviews, millions of them are fake. Now, businesses depend on those a lot, and so do you. And I look at them as well. Sometimes they have influenced a, a decision that I've made. Stephen Pope is an international thought leader and visionary on Amazon, shares trade secrets on YouTube. He's got a podcast with uh, video tutorials, and he runs his own Amazon aggregator of sorts with more than 200 brands managed under his agency. And we're going to talk about how to spot fake reviews. Uh, Stephen Pope. Mr. Pope, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so is this uh, this study then is correct? A lot of these five star online reviews we see are bogus. Can uh, can you give us an idea what percentage it might be? Twenty percent, half of them, more that are bogus. I I don't think it's that bad, but I will say this: I, I was looking on the the news right before I jumped on this, and there's actually some breaking news around Amazon fake reviews. Hmm. Amazon just put in the court; they're suing two companies for posting thousands of fake reviews on Amazon. And they, they just filed this today. Wow. So, it's, so it's crazily uh, getting more and more attention right now. Am I right that this does matter not only for consumers, but a lot of businesses put a lot of faith and a lot of credence into the reviews that their business receives, correct? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, your conversion rate on Amazon as a seller goes up tremendously when you have more reviews. Your first review alone will double the conversion rate. 25 reviews will double it again. And so as a seller, it's like, well, I need sales to get reviews, but I need reviews to get sales. And so they're kind of short-circuiting it a little bit. Yeah. And and there's there's really a couple of ways I think a consumer can protect themselves against this other than, you know, sending a note to Amazon and saying, "Hey, get rid of your fake reviews," right? Right. But but I think that uh there's two obvious things that consumers can see when they're on the platform. The first is if there's like a high percentage of one-star reviews mixed in. So let's say, you know, 30% are one-star reviews and and the rest are four and five stars. That's a pretty good sign that many of the four and five stars have been faked. Mm-hmm. And a, a real, like a, a one-star review percentage should be well south of 5% on a standard average listing. The second way would be if if they see that the reviews don't make sense, a la they look like they're written for a different product, right? So maybe maybe the product you're trying to purchase there is a chef knife, but they're talking about radios in the product reviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's manipulation um, on Amazon's part. And what happens there is the seller is combining an old discontinued product into their new product. And they're trying to get the consumer to say, oh, there's a thousand reviews here. Let me just add it to my cart right now. And, and of course, that two-day shipping and all of those anxiety and friction-reducing elements that Amazon brings, consumer doesn't do a lot of research. They just, they just buy fast in five or, five or ten seconds, make the judgment. That's what they're hoping for. I saw something in the Indianapolis TV report where you could spot a fake review. For instance, they uh, highlighted the review of a particular dentist office, and some of the reviews commented on the fast and speedy service they got, (laughs) which is not necessarily something you're looking for in a dentist's office. Uh, As another example of a review that was written for somebody else or something else that just kind of gets moved over now whoever's and do, do people get paid for this don't they to write these fake reviews they do in in the court filing that just happened amazon claims that these two companies 
Um, app Sally and rebate tests are fostering fake reviews and incentivizing upwards of $25 per review generated, which is crazy, right? That's, there's no way these reviews are worth that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the sellers that are, are pulling these black hat tactics, they're going to pay the price. Um, one of the other techniques that I've seen unrelated to the court filing today is a seller will put in a product insert into their packaging. Sometimes they'll mail it as a second like postcard mailer following their product delivery, also illegal to do that, and they'll incentivize a product review. But here's the problem. Amazon banned incentivizing reviews like five years ago. So, so you're not supposed to be able to do this. You're not supposed to be able to pay for a review, let alone a fake review, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so what's, what's happening is, is Amazon at the fa- facilities, they're, they're called the FBA facilities, fulfilled by Amazon warehouses. They are going into the stock bin location and pulling some product out and then forcing the sellers to remove all of their product out of the facility if they have these product inserts incentivizing reviews. Mm-hmm. So there's this major crackdown coming right now. And, and Amazon seems to be getting very serious about this because they're getting a lot of flack right now. Yeah, but it's like, like anything else on social, uh, social media. The, the, the enforcement is spotty. Yeah, they'll round up some. Google says its fraud monitoring program blocked 55 million fake reviews and 3 million fake business profiles in 2020. But then how many tens of millions got through their filtering system? Uh, Facebook didn't even respond to the Indianapolis television station. It's just been my experience in the past that enforcement on social media is spotty. Would that be, is that correct? They're not going to get them all. I, I think you're absolutely correct. Quite frankly, I don't even think Facebook's going to be, you know, having much more than a 30% market share than what they had a couple of years ago. I think I think hmm. they're on the way out as a media giant. Wow. YouTube even removed the downvote button because everybody was downvoting the government videos and they didn't want everybody to know, right? Yeah. So like, these social signals that have really been part of our culture uh, for years are being eliminated or being harmed through various different methodologies. And, and I think it's wrong. I think... I think it's really awful that this is happening. Is this against the law, Stephen? Well, I, you know, I think that's a good question, right? Like, if, if, if it's causing a bad consumer experience, should it be against the law? I, I think many people could argue it should be, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, and I think that's the position Amazon's trying to take, right? If, if they wanted to out, outlaw or ban via their own terms and conditions that you can't incentivize reviews or you can't allow for fake reviews, yeah. And they win these court cases. I think I think the courts are going to probably side with Amazon here. Yes, so, especially uh, if it's a, some kind of a coordinated response, as you suggest. These people are being incentivized. They're being paid either with product uh, or with gift cards or with cash to write these reviews. And it's a systematic uh, a method for misleading consumers and businesses, for that matter. It's scummy at best. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, very scummy. I got a question for you on my uh, text line. We're talking with uh, Stephen Pope. He's uh, an expert on uh, retail uh, over over online sales, I guess, would be uh, the best place to uh, put it. He's, uh, they call me the Amazon guy. The I- Amazon <laughs> guy uh, is if, what they call uh, it. If, if you Google, if you Google Amazon guy, I come up ahead of Jeff Bezos. So if yeah. I ever meet the guy, I want to say, hey, how does it feel to be the second most important Amazon guy in the world? Yeah, but he's got a bigger <laughs> yacht than you do, though. <laughs> oh, he, he does. I, I'm, obviously, I'm just kidding. I'd probably say thank you for creating all these jobs. It's, they're they're happy economy. We got to say thank you to Jeff at some point. Yeah. Uh, somebody wrote regarding reviews. What if you filter only by verified purchase reviews? Does that make a difference? Not enough. Uh, it used to, but not anymore. 
So uh, the difference between a verified or non-verified product review is that there's proof that you purchased the product at at least 60% of the retail price. So in the past, Amazon, of course, wanted to collect non-verified reviews. If you bought it at Walmart, you bought it at a retail store, of course, they wanted to aggregate those reviews. That's why that happened. But over time, they like realized that, well, they have enough shoppers on Amazon now. Let's focus on verified reviews, which they weight higher. Um, it's very unlikely you're going to see non-verified reviews at all in the review counts because the velocities are so high. They're moving a lot of product these days. So I don't think that will help consumers, unfortunately. And, of course, businesses, uh, they operate and they look at this stuff very seriously. I mean, and and I'm talking about businesses that aren't incentivizing reviewers. Um, These reviews are are very important. Could it – are there – are there – is there a systemic uh, method or plan out there, Stephen, that you've seen where someone is incentivized to write bad reviews to tear a company down or a product down? Does, does Does it exist on that end, too? It does, and it's very unfortunate. So Amazon as a platform only cares about the buyer's experience. All of the things that they've invested in have been about speed of delivery, price from a marketplace standpoint. They did something that nobody else had ever done. They, they created a marketplace with the listings that were the same for your, for your products versus like the eBay model where it was just this wild, wild west and you could buy the same product from 500 different listings. Amazon merged them all together into one listing. So that's why these black hat tactics that you're talking about where they're paying for negative reviews are so harmful because me as a brand owner or, or any mom and pop shop out there, if they get hit with 30, even 20 negative reviews, all of a sudden their listing could go down to a three and a half stars. They get pulled. They can't run coupons. They can't run ads. And then they lose their indexing or their search term optimization. So their rankings go down. Their entire business could be destroyed with as few as 20 fake, bad, negative reviews. Should I be suspicious of a review that's all caps or has a bunch of demonstrative uh, punctuation marks, like multiple exclamation points when I say how great the massage was at the spa or something? I mean, should I be, should I be looking for that, kind of an overabundance of adjectives? My, my personal opinion, I don't think that will make a difference. Yeah. I think that the, the nonspecific reviews are more suspect, like, mm-hmm. you know, had a great experience or, you know, was exactly what I was looking for. Those are more likely to be fake because they can be generic and modified across, you know, thousands of listings. The reviews, though, that I think you get upvoted by the consumers the most are the hyper-specific ones. They're like, yeah, this you know, this video card for my computer was awesome. It increased my specs by 30% and did this, this, and this. That, those are the ones you know are real. Here's the problem, though. Why would any Joe Schmo go write that kind of review for an apple slicer? Yeah. There's no incentive to do so, right, unless they are just, you know, they're just super interested in cutting apples. A random product, I probably could have picked a better one. But No, I don't see but, no, no, but you're right. You don't but, see people get too excited about apple slicers, so if somebody does get excited about one, Probably raises your suspicions. <laughs> but one of, one of the products I sell is Artisan Soap. I have a brand called Age of Sage. And, and somebody that's going to write a review about that is going to clearly talk about scent. And those kind of reviews mm-hmm. are going to be easier to figure out, like, oh, the scent was too strong or it was too mild. Right. Or, hey, I really like the charcoal versus, you know, I'm more of a sandstone guy. You know, yep. and there's there's a lot of different soap scents out there, of course. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things real quick. I got to wrap up here, but first of all, does it help me if I look at multiple review sites? And if I think I'm looking at suspicious reviews, who can I report them to? 
You can always go to Amazon.com slash contact and, and report anything to Amazon. It's very unlikely they're going to take any specific message and run with it. But once they have an aggregate of multiple reports on a specific product page, you're going to definitely see action. So that's what I would do to report it. In terms of using, like, fake review detectors, I'm not a fan of that. I don't think that they're any more accurate than just using your eye. Honestly, if I was the consumer listening to this on the radio right now, I would just continue your current course of action. Go on Amazon, buy the things you need, and if it doesn't work out, just take advantage of that free return policy and, mm -hmm. and send it back. I don't think consumers need to spend hours looking at the reviews. I don't think it's going to make for a better experience if they did. Great stuff, Stephen. Very interesting. Stephen Pope, Mr. Amazon, I appreciate your time this afternoon, and uh, hopefully uh, you've wised you. uh, a lot of people, and you wised me up as to what to look for in these reviews. So I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Stephen Pope.